Chapter number twenty four of the Legends and Myths of Hawaii. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, BC. The Legends and Myths of Hawaii by King David Kalakua. Kiana the last of the hawaiian knights part two kamamehameha kahumanu captain cook and the final conquest part four with this somewhat extended reference to kamamehameha and the prominent chiefs of his time which brings the tracings of public events down to the eve of the concluding struggle of the conquest we will now return to kiana through whose relations with kamamehameha some curious glimpses of the domestic life of the latter are brought to view we have thus far seen him as a warrior we will now observe him as a husband whose peace was disturbed by jealousies and whose heart stern in all things else was not proof against the tender influences of love at the close of his unsuccessful campaign against the chiefs of hilo and kau in seventeen eighty five kamehameha took up his residence at kahula where he devoted himself for a time to more peaceful pursuits to stimulate his people to industry he gave his personal attention to agriculture and the piece of ground cultivated with his own hands is still pointed out continuous wars had impoverished his possessions and he was anxious to restore to productiveness his neglected lands up to this time kamehameha had two recognized wives kaloa and pelui this kalola was not the widow of kali and ipu although bearing a similar name she was a granddaughter of kawi king of hawaii pelui was the daughter of kamaanawa brother of kiamoku and one of his staunchest supporters for some months kamehameha lived quietly at kahua the inspired song of kilamoku who had died the year before predicting that he would become the sovereign of the group still rang in his ears and in the midst of their labors his people were encouraged in the practice of the manly games and pastimes which added to their strength skill and endurance in war sham fights on land and sea and swimming diving wrestling running and leaping contests were frequent and during the annual feast of lono beginning with the winter solstice and continuing for five days a tournament was given which brought to kahola the leading chiefs of hamakua kohala and kona among them was the famous kimoku who had charge of the district of kona he was accompanied by his family of which his daughter kahumanu was the most attractive feature twenty years before kiomuku 
who was of the royal line rebelled against kaliipu and was defeated and forced to find refuge on maui whose moi kamikamuhuani had died but a few days before leaving the government to his brother kahiliki kiomuku whose fortunes were desperate succeeded in captivating and marrying namahana the widow of the deceased king very much to the chagrin and disappointment of kahiki whose claim to the dowager was sustained by the royal custom of the time a difficulty followed and kiumuku and his wife took up their residence on the northern side of the island but they were not permitted to remain there in peace through the hostility of kaliliki they were driven to molokai and thence to the district of hana in eastern maui which was then held by the king of hawaii and there through the mercy of kalaanopu they were allowed for some years to reside and there in seventeen sixty eight kahumanu was born on the death of kalaanopu in seventeen eighty two returned to hawaii and in the war for the succession exposed the cause of kamehameha and became one of his chief counsellors and captains kahamunu was one of the most attractive women of her time and inherited something of the restless and independent spirit of her warlike father she was in her eighteenth year when she made her appearance at the court of kamehameha during the festival of lono in seventeen eighty five the wives of kamehameha were well along in years Peiluni being the mother of a full-grown son and kahumanu charmed the great chief with her freshness and independence his warlike soul yielded to the fascination and to win her smile he took part in the contests of the festival and overcame all competitors he then proposed to make her his wife kiomoku readily consented but kahumanu could only be won by the promise that her children should become the political heirs of kamehameha this promise was given and kahumanu became the wife of kamehameha it is probable that he intended to observe the compact at his time but as kahumanu died childless he was in the end left to dispose of the succession through other and more distinguished channels kahumanu became the wife of kamehameha's heart he loved her as well as he was capable of loving any woman and she was the only one whose indiscretions were regarded by him with feelings of jealousy his other wives were not restricted by him to his sole attentions and even the blue-blooded kiopulani whom he subsequently married and who became the mother of his heirs to the throne had a joint husband in hoapili but the affections of kahumanu kamehameha 
would brook no joint occupant or rival she doubtless sought to avail herself of the privileges of the times but kamamehameha objected with a frown which would have meant death to another and for years their relations were the reverse of harmonious kiana's father was ahua who was the son of kawi king of hawaii by a mother whose name is now unknown the mother of kiana was kaupukamau a granddaughter of ahia of the family of hilo from whom the present sovereign of the islands draws his strain the birthplace of kiana is not recorded but he was probably reared in the neighborhood of hilo and thoroughly instructed in all the chiefly accomplishments of the period he grew to a splendid manhood he was nearly six and a half feet in height very well proportioned and possessed a striking handsome face this is the testimony of captain mears with whom he made a voyage to china in seventeen eighty seven kiana was of high rank and boundless ambition and in early manhood cast his fortunes with kahiliki the warlike moi of maui to whom he was related he was among the prominent chiefs who assisted kahiliki in his conquest of oahu in 1783 and took a distinguished part in the decisive battle of kahiliki kahanaana the unfortunate king of oahu escaped to the hills where he remained secreted for nearly two years when he was betrayed by the brother of his wife and slain by order of kahaliki this cruel treatment of kahanaana together with the rapacity of the invaders created a revulsion of feeling among the oahu chiefs and a widespread conspiracy was organized by the father of kahana and others against kahiliki and the maui chiefs to whom had been assigned lands in the several districts of the island the plan was to rise in concert and kill them all in one night including kahiliki but the murderous project miscarried by some means it became known to kahiliki and he dispatched messengers to the threatened chiefs warning them of their danger all but one of them were notified the messenger failed to reach hiu who was at wailoa and he was killed but fearfully was his death avenged kahaliki collected his forces for a war for blood men women and children were butchered without mercy and the native oahu chiefs were almost extirpated so great was the slaughter that one of the maui chiefs built a house at la piquet the walls of which were laid up with the bones of the slain in this rebellion a number of kahaliki's own chiefs turned against him among were kiana and kanionu the latter being the first husband of kamakahilili queen of Kauai. what incited the defection of kiana is not known 
but he was probably dissatisfied with the lands apportioned to him by kahaliki and hoped to profit from the restoration of the island to native rule kaneoneo was killed but kiana managed to escape to Kauai. kaneoneo was of the royal line of Kauai, and as already stated the first husband of the queen of that island how he came to be a supporter of kahaliki in his conquest of oahu or what prompted his subsequent espousal of the cause of the oahu chiefs are matters which tradition has left to conjecture kamakahili's second husband whom she had selected some years before while her first was living as was then the custom was the gallant kao or kaolulani the younger brother of kahaliki he was commended to her not more though his princely blood than many accomplishments and graces of person and she appears to have been greatly attached to him she had two daughters with kanaleo both of whom were of marriageable age when she became the wife of kao she was the granddaughter it may be mentioned of lonokahopu a prince of Kauai, who in his younger years visited hawaii was accepted as a temporary husband of kalani the sister of kawi and through her became the grandfather of kiyomoku and his two distinguished brothers the daughters of the queen were leimaholani and kapamohu the latter of whom in marriage with kamolai the last independent king of Kauai, became the grandmother of the present queen kapolani keo took no part in the conquest of oahu by his brother but remained at Kauai, assisting the queen in her government while kanoneo found occupation first in aiding and then in opposing kahaliki escaping from oahu after the defeat of the rebellious chiefs and death of kanoneo kiana presented himself before the queen of Kauai, who was a distant relative and keo who was of closer kinship and related to them the story of kahaliki's merciless operations on oahu he sought to create an active sympathy in favor of the unfortunate oahans but keo was too sagacious to place himself in hostility to his warlike brother who had extended his sway over all the islands between Kauai and hawaii however kiana was kindly received at the court of Kauai and given lands for his proper maintenance but he could not remain quiet while the clash of arms was heard on the other islands he chafed under the restraints of his exile and attempted to organize a force of warriors for a descent upon oahu keo prevented the departure of the expedition however and a mutual feeling of suspicion and agonism 
was soon developed between him and his reckless and restless cousin as the avenues to advancement through the chances of war seemed to be temporarily closed to him kiana donned his best attire gave entertainments and began vigorously to play the courtier he first sought to supplant kao in the affections of the queen feeling in that he next paid court to her daughter kapamuhu the latter was disposed to regard his suit with favor but kio through the pretended service of a kalua objected to the alliance and in a spirit of recklessness kiana embarked in the ship nootka for china late in seventeen eighty seven that vessel in the course of trade touched at Kauai just as the fortunes of kiana seemed to be the most desperate and captain mears was easily prevailed upon to permit the handsome hawaiian to accompany him to the asiatic coast arriving in canton kiana spent some months in studying the arts of war and mingling with the people of strange races and in the latter part of seventeen eighty eight returned in the iphigenia to Kauai, bringing with him a very considerable supply of muskets powder lead and other munitions of war as the manner in which he secured these supplies is not stated we are constrained to believe that he must have taken with him to china a quantity of sandal wood which was readily marketable in that country but kio would not permit him to land on Kauai. the clouds had indicated approaching danger the day before and kiana was told that he would be slain and sacrificed if his foot touched the shore the vessel therefore sailed for hawaii where kiana landed and offered his services to kamehameha they were promptly accepted his supply of arms and knowledge of other lands rendered him a valuable ally at the time and kamehameha gave him an important command and took him into his fullest confidence this was early in seventeen eighty nine and in the succeeding wars with kioa kiana became an active leader as already mentioned the knives hatchets axes and swords brought by him from china were found to be useful but the firearms were generally of old patterns and the most of them were soon rendered entirely unserviceable through the inability of the natives to keep them in repair five very soon after her marriage kahumanu was detected in flagrant flirtations with the certain chiefs whose business brought them to the court of her husband and kamehameha set a close watch upon her actions this led to bitter words between them and in time it became a matter of gossip that kamehameha was jealous of his young wife the arrival of kiana added another to the list of kamehameha's admirers and in time another wrinkle to the stern face of her warrior husband 
kiana was one of the handsomest chiefs of his day and kahumanu could not disguise her infatuation for him but whatever may have been the temptation he was too discreet to awaken the jealousy of kamehameha and was not displeased when he was dispatched with an army against kiua in the distant district of kau after the death of kaliopu in eighteen in seventeen eighty two and the defeat and death of kiawalau the widow of the former whose name was kaloa left for maui taking with her the widow and infant daughter of kiwalo kahilili brother of kalawa provided for the family and gave them his protection after the conquest of oahu by kahilili he removed his court to that island taking with him his sister and her family in seventeen eighty five they returned to maui with kalakapulele the son of kalahilili who had been appointed viceroy of the island and there remained principally at olawalu until seventeen ninety when kalalanupuli was driven from maui by kamehameha and they sought refuge at kalamalala on the island of molokai seeing his way clear to the conquest of the group and anxious to ally himself to the superior blood which came through kaloa and kiwalau kamehameha dispatched a messenger to molokai requesting kaloa not return to oahu but to place herself and family under his protection following the messenger to molokai and learning that kaloa was ill and not expected to recover kamehameha paid her a visit in person and received the assurance of the dying dowager that when she passed away her daughter and granddaughter should be his the granddaughter was keopulani then a girl of fourteen she subsequently became the wife of kamehameha and the mother of the ruling princess of his dynasty in recognition of her superior rank kamehameha always approached her on his knees even after she had become his wife and the undisputed sovereign of the group such was the deference invariably paid to rank at that time and earlier Kulawa did not live but a few days after her meeting with kamehameha at her death he manifested his sorrow by knocking out two of his front teeth and then formally took charge of and removed to hawaii her daughter and granddaughter not only as a sacred legacy from kolawa but as a token of reconciliation and alliance between himself and the elder branch of the kiwai dynasty kahumanu well understood the meaning of this reconciliation and it was with little pleasure that she welcomed lihila and her daughter to hawaii she knew it was the purpose of kamehameha to marry keopulani as soon as she reached a proper age 
but she was childless and could urge no valid objection to the union the thought of it however did not sweeten her temper or quicken her sense of propriety she became more reckless and her husband more and more suspicious until they finally separated when kahumanu returned to her father where she remained for more than a year and where it is said kiana frequently visited her of these visits kamehameha was apprised by kipulani the wife of kiana of whom tradition makes but spare mention she was jealous of her husband's attentions to kahumanu and it was through her that kamehameha became aware of their secret meetings his spies had overlooked what the jealous eyes of the wife had discovered and it is intimated that they retaliated in kind upon the recreant couple but that it may kamehameha sent for kahumanu and through the offices of captain vancouver whose vessel was at that time anchored in kilakakua bay a reconciliation was effected between them but kamehameha did not forgive kiana his thoughts were bent upon the conquest of oahu and he needed his assistance in that important enterprise but he determined to crush them whenever he could do so without injury to himself kiana felt the coldness of his chief and had observed unmistakable evidences of his hatred but he neglected no duty and resolved that if an open rupture could not be avoided kamehameha should not be in a position to urge a reason for that would command the respect and approval of his supporting chiefs summoning his district chiefs to muster their quotas of canoes and armed men kamehameha prepared for the conquest of oahu and a final struggle for the mastery of the group it is said that his army numbered sixteen thousand warriors some of them armed with muskets and that so great was the number of his canoes that they almost blackened the channels through which they passed the army embarked from hawaii early in seventeen ninety five and after touching at lahaina for refreshments landed for final preparation on molokai the fleet of canoes being distributed for miles along the coast kaia had promptly responded to the call of his chief and was there with a heavy quota of warriors and canoes a council of war was called at kahukakai to discuss the plans of the campaign but kiana was not invited to participate in its proceedings his exclusion from the council alarmed kiana and he suspected that he was the principal subject of discussion he left his quarters and calling on the house of nahahana the mother of kahumanu learned from her that the council was discussing some private matter the nature of which she did not know he next visited kaoli omuku 
after the adjournment of the council and endeavored to ascertain what had been done but the answers of the chief were evasive and unsatisfactory he did not dare to tell kiana who was allied to him in blood that kamehameha had charged kiana before the council with mediated treason which implied his death and that his advisers had prevailed upon him to allow the matter to rest until the conquest of oahu on his way back to hamoloa where his warriors were encamped kiana again passed the house of namahana it was past sunset and he was striding through the dying twilight his thoughts of a tumult of doubt and indignation when from behind a clump of bushes he heard his name pronounced in a low tone he stopped and listened and kiana again came to him in a soft voice fearful of treachery he hesitated for a moment then drew a knife from a scabbard hanging from his neck and cautiously walked around the screening undergrowth who calls inquired kiana observing a crouching figure among the bushes your friend was the answer and kahumanu rose and stood before him what passed between them can only be conjectured but kahumanu must have satisfied kiana of kahamanamea's hostile purposes concerning him for when he reached his quarters he promptly informed his brother na of the danger awaiting both of them and apprised him of his resolution to abandon kamehameha on the passage to oahu and join forces with kalaikupuli the movement is hazardous explained kayana but it will enable us at least to die like chiefs with arms in our hands instead of being slain like dogs as the several divisions were preparing to embark for oahu the next morning kiana visited the squadron of canoes set apart for the accommodation of the wives and daughters of kamehameha and the and his principal chiefs and secretly informed his wife of his purpose to join kalanipuli she expressed surprise at the announcement but declined to follow him declaring that she preferred to cast her fortunes with kamehameha with kamehameha but she continued bitterly perhaps kahumanu will follow you if you ask to do so kiana made no reply to this cutting suggestion but waved his wife a hasty farewell and joined his embarking warriors the other divisions of the invading army were well out to sea before kiana's sails were set and he found no difficulty in making his way unobserved to kailua on the northern side of the island while kamehameha landed with the main body of his forces in the neighborhood of honolulu his canoes extending along the beach from wailea to waikiki disembarking his warriors at kailua to the number of perhaps fifteen hundred 
Kiana offered his services to Kalaanakupuli, whose army was rapidly occupying positions in the valleys back of Honolulu, the moi receiving him with open arms, promising him the sovereignty of Maui should they succeed in destroying Kamehameha, and the united armies climbing over Nuuanu and Kalihi passes confronted the advancing lines of Kamehameha. Learning of the desertion of Kiana and the warriors under his command, Kamehameha exhibited but little surprise. He did not doubt his ability to defeat the combined armies of his opponents, for the auguries had been favorable and he had faith in his gods. Nor did he regret that through this defection kiana had at last placed himself in a position to be dealt with as an open enemy with his war-god kali in the van kamehameha at the head of a mighty force marched up nuuanu valley where three miles back of honolulu behind a stone wall stretching from one hill to the other of the narrowing gorge was entrenched the main body of the allied armies and behind the wall stood kaena grim silent and desperate with a musket in his hand awaiting the approach of kamehameha nearer and nearer advanced the attacking column with shouts that were repaid by yells of defiance from behind the defences a few volleys of musketry were exchanged by the hundred or more of warriors in possession of firearms on each side but kiana took no part in the noisy conflict he was watching for the approach of one whose life he longed for more than all the rest and for which he was willing to exchange his own but he watched in vain a field piece under the direction of jong young was brought to bear upon the wall and kiana fell with the first shot mortally wounded after a few more shots the hawaiians charged up the hill their shouts drowning the roar of the breakers against the reef below kiana drew himself up against the wall his heart had been laid almost bare and his eyes were growing dim with an effort he raised his musket fired it at random in the direction of the storming column hoping the bullet might by chance find the heart of kamehameha and then fell dead the rout of the oahans and their alleys was complete they broke and fled in all direction some were driven over the pali a precipice six or seven hundred feet in height at the head of the valley and others escaped over the hills kali ipuli found refuge for a time in the mountains but he was finally captured slain and offered as a sacrifice to kamehameha's war-god at waikiki this was the last battle of the conquest and the victory gave to kamehameha the sovereignty of the group for the king of Kauai, recognizing his power, soon after yielded to him his peaceful allegiance. 
but it brought to a close the career of one of the most noted of modern hawaiian chiefs kiana a halua over whose death kamehameha rejoiced and kahumanu mourned in silence her love proved fatal to more than one but he was the grandest and brightest of all who perished by the sweet poison of her smiles end of chapter twenty four recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver b c